Brother Dave, come get ready right here, if you would, please. How many are going to get behind the preachers tonight? God bless you. Get behind the preacher. Get out of your box. Say amen. Oh, me. Oh, my. Got on my toes there, preacher. All right. Praise the Lord, everybody. Going to open with Psalms 46, 1 through 3. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. For the next few minutes, I want to talk to you on the title, The Climb. Um, Brother West, would you pray for this service, please? God, you are good, you are mighty, and you are holy, Jesus. Let your will be done. Let your will be done, nothing more, nothing less than your good and perfect will be done in this house, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You may be seated. So I'm sure there's many people in here that have climbed big mountains and a few years ago, a good friend of mine sitting in the front here, we decided we were going to go on our first ski climb. And uh, neither of us had gone before. And for anybody that has either climbed several big mountains or has gone on a ski punt, knows that it is no joke. Am I right, Brother Quayle? <laughs> to say the least. The, uh, the amount of physical and mental wear on your body, on your person, is, uh, is kind of unlike anything I've ever experienced, to say the least. Um, the countless hours of preparing, of obtaining all the best gear, the lightest gear, stuff that's going to do its job when you are miles and miles and miles and miles from anything, planning your meals, planning a way to purify your water, getting some sort of communication to be able to contact back home. You study maps to try to learn the terrain, an area you've never been before, to learn, maybe pick a route that you want to go up that might be a whole lot better than a route that doesn't work out so good. <laughs> Packing your backpack six, seven, eight times over and over until everything fits just right. The physical training, loading heavy backpacks and hiking multiple times a week to prepare yourself for what you're about ready to put yourself through, amen? <laughs> and we do all these things, we did all these things to get ready for the mountain. The one thing that would stand between us and that ram was the mountain. When you finally make it there, though, when you finally get up, that feeling is just truly amazing. To have the sound of nothing, to be able to see the creation that God put before us in all of its glory. The journey is long. It is very hard. It is very testing. But there's little 
little nuggets, little treasures that you find along the way that really motivates you to keep going. How about a endless blueberry patch, bro, that you can sit down and take handful after handful until you can't eat another blueberry? Or how about when you are so thirsty and you get that cold, cold, high mountain creek water to soothe you? The air that is so fresh, you just want to bottle it up and take it home. Those are those little things that just keep you going, keep you going, keep you going. Amen. And our walk with God is just like that. We're on a spiritual climb to heaven. Amen. Anybody that has told you living for God would be easy didn't know what they were talking about. Living for God is not always the easiest thing. You don't just wake up one day knowing how to live for God. It takes training. It takes learning. It takes time. It takes several of those false peaks till we finally figure out what we're doing. We need to be ready for all those tricks, all those traps, those, those diversions and decoys that the devil tries to place in our way to get us off track. But we have been given all the gear, all the best tools that we could ever ask for, for that climb. We have the word of God, the book itself, the road map to heaven. We have the Holy Ghost living inside of us. Hallelujah. We have the body of Christ, this church, to help us and strengthen each other. We are able to pray in the name of Jesus Christ, and we can believe that it will be done. Amen. The gift of repentance and a pastor, a shepherd, a man of God to guide us. Hallelujah. These are all the tools that we need to be using every day to keep the devil at bay, to keep our mind clear. But just like those little nuggets, those little treasures, we get those in our walk with God, too. We get fellowship with one another. Amen? We get prayers answered. It could be something as simple as a song on the radio that just encourages you. You get an encouraging text when your day wasn't going so great, and it just lifts you up a little bit. You might get a bonus at work because you're faithful to your tithe and offering. A visitor that you've been inviting might come into this church after so many times that they didn't. Sickness can be removed from your body. Amen. Hallelujah. And it's those little things, those little things that sometimes we take for granted that can just keep us going. They can just keep us pushing forward. Hallelujah. Although the mountain can be hard, the climb can be taxing, there is also true peace on the mountain. The mountains are a place of solitude, a place of rest, a place that you can just forget about everything, that you, you can just clear your mind without the hindrance of distraction. And we read that Jesus did just that. Can you put up Matthew 14 and 23, please? I didn't. I apologize. Give me one second, please. 
And when he had sent the multitudes away, this is after he just fed the 5,000 with the fish and the bread. When he sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. Hallelujah. Jesus went up that mountain to strengthen himself in prayer. It was a place that he could get away from everything and connect with what he needed to do. All throughout the Bible, he uses the, the, the mountain. How about the Sermon on the Mount? Moses in the Ten Commandments on the mountain. Noah's Ark after the flood was left on the mountain. Abraham bringing Isaac the true test for him up the mountain. Moses saw the promised land from the mountain. Elijah proved to several, several people that God was the true God on Mount Carmel. That's King, 1 Kings 18. In the Mount of Olives, where Jesus would pray before his crucifixion. All throughout our Bible, we find victory and defeat. Highs and lows, obstacles that are compared to mountains in our lives. But victories are overcoming these mountains. Let's start looking at these mountains differently in our life. The Bible tells us in Matthew 17 and 20, these are abbreviated, if we have the grain of a mustard seed, we can cast mountains out and nothing shall be impossible. In Matthew 21 and 21, it says we can cast the mountains into the sea. Hallelujah. Nahum 1 and 5 says the mountains quake at him and the hills melt. Psalms 97 and 5 says the hills melted like wax at the presence of the Lord. Habakkuk 3 and 6 says he shall shatter the everlasting mountains. Hallelujah. We need to start viewing these mountains the way that Jesus does. Amen? God, you are good. It can be something to overcome. It can be something to defeat, something to try to get past. And we can have that power to cast them out in Jesus' name. We can truly get that mountain-moving faith. Amen? Or it can be a place of rest. It can be a place of comfort. A place to clear our minds, to refuel and come back better than we went. Hallelujah. We serve a God of the hills and of the valleys. Amen. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the author and finisher of our faith, the Prince of Peace, the everlasting Father, the King of King and Lord of Lords. And we need to start believing in all of that. Hallelujah. Let's prepare now. Let's put in the work now. Let's be ready for whatever stands in our way now. Just like that sheep hunt. If we had never prepared for anything, we were only going to get out as much as we put in. We probably would have never made it halfway in there. But we put in the work. We put in the time. We put in all that effort to be able to push through the pain and that frustration. We had a goal, 
It didn't matter how steep it was. It didn't matter how far it was, how many false peaks there were. We were going to make it up there, and we were going to do everything we could. And guess what? We got that ram. Church, it doesn't take, excuse me, don't take your eyes off of your goal, off of the eternal word of God. To hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter unto me. That is the ultimate mountaintop when we can make it there and we can dwell with Jesus forever in all of his glory, in all of his mercy, in all of his grace. Hallelujah. So check your gear. Keep your tools on you. Pick up those little nuggets, those little treasures along the way, and we will all be able to conquer the climb. Thank you. Praise God. What a word from the Lord that was. David, I I believe God is reaching people right now, and that message right there is, we needed that message, Brother David. Praise God. I'm not going to give you this, 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 Jeremiah 8, 21 and 22. It says, for the hurt of the daughter of my people am I hurt. I am glad. Astonishment has taken hold on me. 22, is there no balm to Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is not the, he- the health of the daughter of my people recovered? God and Jeremiah are hurting over the, the, the hurt and the pain of God's people. But I feel very strongly that there is a bomb coming to Palmer Pentecostal Church. I I believe that there is some things shifting in this church that God is trying to prepare us for a harvest of souls, a harvest of people that are hurting in this city, a harvest of souls that are hurting of people in this town, in this region, in this entire state. I believe God is preparing us as a church as we speak to be able to go out and heal the sick and recover the lost and make make such effects in our in our cities and state praise god hallelujah thank you jesus thank you lord romans 13:11 it says and that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep for now is our salvation nearer than we believed my title tonight is simply, It's Time. Would somebody say with me, It's Time. Praise be Jesus. If you read through the book of Chronicles, it's filled with amazing, exciting stories of old. You have kings like King David and King Solomon. Stories of kings doing that which was right in the sight of the Lord. You also have kings that turn away their ear from the voice and the commandments of the Lord. It's an ongoing struggle if you read through these books. It's an ongoing struggle that Judah and Israel have 
kings and prophets trying to do that which is right in God's eyes. And people who absolutely hate the things of God. And they make themselves loud and known. And they are very aggressive towards those who are trying to do right in the eyes of the Lord. It sounds like what's going on today in today's world, in today's society. It's, it's amazing to me. I, I don't understand it, but there will always be people who strive toward the things of God. And there will always be people who, at no matter what the cost, will buck up against God, the God of Israel, and anything his people stand for. Second Chronicles 21, we have a king named Jehoram who wrought that which was evil in the sight of the Lord after his father who had a fantastic victory just one chapter before. His father, he, he had this, this wonderful victory because he relied upon God for his battles. But his father passed away, and, and Jehoram killed his brothers. I, I can only assume he killed his brothers so that there would be no other heir to the throne. Yet in Second Chronicles 21, verse 7, it says, Howbeit the Lord would not destroy the house of David because of the covenant that he had made with David. And as he promised to give a light to him and to his sons forever. God is so faithful. God, his mercy is just mind-blowing. His faithfulness is just, it's just amazing. We, we, may, we could make and break vows. And here, even though Jehoram is a truly wicked king, God withheld his judgment because of a vow that he made David. So then after this, this evil king dies, of a disease that God had inflicted on him, the next king is just as wicked. The king was killed because of his wicked ways, and the king's mother decides to destroy all of the heirs to the throne. But we see in Second Chronicles 22 and 11, it says, But Jehoshabeth, the daughter of the king, Joash, took Joash, the son of Haziah, and stole him from, his, from among the king's sons, that were slain, and put him and his nurse in the bedchambers. So Jehoshabeth, the daughter of the king Jehoram, the wife of Jehoiada, the priest, for she was the sister of Ahaziah, hid him from Athaliah so that she would slew him not. A daughter of the king saved Joash and covered him. A daughter of the king saved this young boy. Mothers, I want to tell you, there is power in your prayers. You are a daughter of the king. Do not ever underestimate the covering that you can put over the children of God. Your children are children of God, and the prayers that you pray over them can withhold them from the, 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 the ways of the enemy. Your prayers can withhold them from the plans of the enemy to destroy that connection with the throne of God. In verse 12, it says, And he was with them, hid in the house of God six years. And Athaliah reigned over the land. This wicked woman reigned over the land when the, the heir to the throne, the, to, to the kingdom, was hid. The wicked may reign over the land right now. But God always has the last word. Praise God. 
Wicked people have come and taken over what we thought was completely impenetrable positions. They have taken over things that we thought were the very destiny of God. But sometimes God ordains wicked people to be put in place so that those who will be strong and important pieces of God's plan can flourish and be sent into a higher position than if they had never received any opposition in the first place. Sometimes God brings storms to your life so it may bring you strength. Sometimes God tries you through the fire so you may come forth better than gold. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Somebody say with me, it's time. Thank you, Jesus. Jehoiada, the priest, grows strong. He becomes influential in the land. And he gathers hundreds of captains. And they go and find Levites out of all the cities of Judah and the chief of the fathers of Israel. And they came to Jerusalem. They make a covenant with Joash. Joash was the heir to the king. He was an heir to the throne. They make a covenant with Joash in the house of God. And they're getting back to putting the first things first. Second Chronicles 23 verse 9 says, Moreover, Jehoiada the priest delivered the captains of hundreds, spears, and bucklers, and shields that had been King David's, which were in the house of God. They decided it's time for a change. It, it's time to get back to where the kingdom revered God again. It's time to get back where the kingdom followed the king's commandments, God's commandments. Praise God. Jehoiada is getting back to the things of old, the things which brought victory to the land. Getting back to the things of old. Second Chronicles 7.14. Hallelujah. If my people, which are called by my name, getting back to the things of old, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Somebody say it's time. Praise God. Verse 15 says, now mine eyes of this very same passage. This is God speaking. Now mine eyes shall be open and my ears attend unto the prayers that is made in this place. For now have I chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever. Hallelujah. And my eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. And as for thee, if thou wilt walk before me as David thy father walked, getting back to the things of old, as, they that, as David thy father walked, and do according to all that I have commanded thee, and shalt observe my statutes and my judgments, then will I establish the throne of the kingdom. Hallelujah. According as I have covenant with David thy father, saying, There shall not there shall not fall thee a man to be a ruler in Israel. The victory comes when we put God first in our lives. When God comes first in our daily living, that is when we walk in victory. Amen. When we keep God in the in our minds in the middle of the day, that's when we walk in victory throughout the day. Praise God. When we keep God first in our homes, that's when the death angel passes over our household, which we have taken the blood of the lamb and slewn it over our doorposts, and we wax stronger and stronger in the Lord. Hallelujah. 
Praise God. It's time. Thank you, Jesus. I truly believe God is preparing us right now in this time. Pastor Heron, he, he called it from the very beginning of this year. He said it's time to grow. It's time for a change. It's time to, our, to position ourselves. Judges 6 and 25. The Bible says, And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Take thy father's young bullock, even the second bullock of seven years old, and throw down the altar of Baal that thy father hath, and cut down, cut down the grove that is by it, and build an altar unto the Lord thy God upon the top of this rock in the ordered place. And take the second bullock and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the grove, which thou shalt cut down. God's saying, cut down the altars of Baal, and that's what I'm going to use to fuel the fire in your life. Then Gideon took ten men of his servants and did as the Lord had said unto him. And so it was, because he feared his father's household and the men of the city, that he could not do it by day, that he did it by night. Gideon was scared of what his family would do to him if he tore down the altars of Baal. Gideon was afraid of the men in the city, uh, of what they would do to him if he tore down the altars of Baal. So he did it by night. But Gideon decided to conquer the altar of a pagan god by night. He took ten, with, ten men with him to do it. Whatever temptation comes to you by night, I'm telling you that that, that is, the cr is, is where it is most crucial to get strength and help. The temptation that seeks you in the darkness, the times when you're by yourself, the times when, when you're alone and, and times at night, if you got to get somebody to help you through it, that is the most crucial time to reach out to somebody and say, I need help. I just need your prayers right now. Would you, would you just give me a little bit of encouragement so I may tear down, tear down these altars? God of mercy. Thank you, Jesus. So Gideon, Gideon trusts and obeys the word of the Lord. And he goes on to, to witness the tremendous victory of God that he had orchestrated. Some people might be thinking, oh, that's, that's all the Old Testament, though. All those things, that, that, that's, all, that's all in the Old Testament. But what, about, what about today? We're in the New Testament today. I revert back to my opening scripture, Romans 13 and 11. And that knowing the times, knowing that we are here and now, we're living under grace. We're, we're in the New Testament as we speak. Knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent and the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the whole, put on the armor of light. Verse 14, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. It's time to tear down the altars of Baal. And it's time to build up the altars of God in our life. Brother Playo, I'm almost finished. Altars were built 
as a memorial for what God had done for them. So that when the next generation would come by, they would see the altar and be reminded of how God, how good God has been to us. That God made the Jordan River to be dry as Joshua crossed over onto dry ground. I believe there's a Gideon among us tonight. I believe there are people here that will build, that will tear down the altars of Baal that has been placed in our life for too long. And it's high time to tear down those altars and build up the altar of God. Praise you, Jesus. You know, it, it doesn't matter if it's an altar of Baal or just an altar of comfort in your life. It all serves the same purpose. It's all just a distraction. It's, it's a distraction to keep us from the things of God. It's a distraction to, uh, to keep us from seeking the high places of God. A distraction to keep us from keeping our eyes upon heaven. To keep climbing that mountain, Brother David. It all distracts us from reaching that mountaintop. To reaching our final destiny. To, to veer us away from the prizes of God. Thank you, Jesus. Would you put your hands together one more time? Would you give God praise for just a moment? an opportunity to come to these altars and pray if you'd like to. If you would, Sister Claire, would you put up Jeremiah 6, 16. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways. See and ask for the old path. So many people think that there's got to be some new fandangled way to make it. Think like the old path. That's what the prophet was saying. Jeremiah was saying, hey guys, it's not about the new things here. It's about the things that worked before, that we walked away from. When one generation finally said, I'm not going to do it anymore. And just like that, that generation who had just years or days and weeks before were doing great things for God, turned their back on God, and then they're, they're logged in the, in the portals of time as those that sought not to do what that which was right. That's not us, is it? That's not you tonight, is it? Some of you didn't make that through convention. <laughs> I know it's Wednesday night. You worked hard all week. Or, Brother Dave, like Sister Val and her sister, you climbed Mount Easter Peak on Saturday. The lazy mountaineer. about doing it. Got to climb that mountain. Got to look. Somebody stand with me if you would tonight. No pressure. Wednesday night, you want to just pray at your seat, you're more than welcome to. I believe God's asking us to just, where do we fit in this? Where do we fit in this? What about my kids? What am I giving my kids? Mom, dad, 
somebody handed down to your children? You're teaching them about the importance of prayer, prayer meeting, about gossip about your pastor and his wife. Man, teach them about giving, loving people. Hand down something that's good. Sin, you're more than welcome to come to these altars tonight. You need to go home. God bless you. We hope to see you Sunday. Thank you, brethren.